Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Screw the Stigma. My name is Afra and thank you so much for tuning in this week. This episode is also available on YouTube. All the updates about my podcast and interesting content is available on my Instagram and Facebook page at Screw the Stigma Pod. All the links are listed in the description below. So do check that out. That'll be really great. And if you're listening to this on a listening platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can. It'll be really great if you could leave me a rating or a feedback. I would love to hear from you. And also, this was a really interesting episode and I had a great conversation with a guest. Since we had such a long conversation, I decided to cut the episode into two parts so it's easier for you to listen to. So this is the first part and the next part will be coming out next Monday. So do keep an eye out for that. This episode, this week's episode uh, was really interesting for me because I met someone who had similar upbringing, a similar a person who grew up around similar societal expectations. So I got really excited while talking. So at some point, I think I forgot to breathe. So <laughs> I'm sorry if you hear a lot of me trying to catch my breath because I think I was just trying to go going on a straight line without breathing. So I apologize for that. But apart from that, I think this episode was really great and if you'd like to see this visually as well if you'd like to see our faces you can go check out the episode on youtube as well so yes so this week's guest is shruti mishra she is the author of the book misfit which will be coming out in december 2021 pre-sales are available all her links are also listed in the description below and do check her out she's really amazing and fighting for something or talking about things that people in certain societies find really conservative or they try to hush people to talk about. So I think she's doing really amazing work. So do check her social media out as well. And now I'm going to cut to the episode now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Screw the Stigma. My name is Afra, and today I have Shruti Mishra with me today. Hello, Shruti. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been uh, an early start to the day. How, how are you doing? Um, everything's really good. So right now it's about 8.15-ish here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what time is it there, but I'm guessing it's it's 8.15 at night here. So I'm guessing it's something in the morning. Yeah, it's in the morning. <laughs> um, how How's your 20... I usually ask this, how's your 2021 been? Um, it's already like halfway past, but I feel like we're still like different parts of the world are still going toward, like through lockdowns and everything. So I want to know how's your 2021 been and how's the situation right now? Yeah, as you said, it's definitely been crazy. Um, it's uh, been a lot of ups and downs, for sure. I mean, I, I'm in the uh, U.S. right now, and then uh, I can definitely say that our situation is far better than a couple of other countries that are struggling a little more right now. Um, our uh, whole thing is taking a little bit of rest, but obviously with the new this Delta variant coming in, uh, there's like talks about booster shots and all those fun stuff going on so health wise it's definitely been a a really crazy road up and down um thankfully i didn't get covid i I had friends who i was living with and sharing the space with who got it and then we were taking really um 
strict care of them. Nobody was allowed to leave their rooms. We were doing, we were cooking, sending them food right in their rooms and all those like basically room service. But um, it was crazy. I didn't get it. So I can definitely not speak from the struggles of people who did get it. Mm -hmm. But um, it was definitely crazy from that perspective. Uh, besides health, everything else, 2021 has been, weirdly enough, very interesting for me. <laughs> it started with uh, uh, me having like a crazy amount of opportunities for summer that I had not expected at all to be getting and like interviewing for some of the really in big companies and uh, some of the companies that I've always wanted to work for. And then I, I was finally getting in internship opportunities there. And then I just woke up one day and all of those, I got, I guess, three or four different emails saying that the opportunity was canceled, opportunity was canceled, position was canceled for all those companies on the same day. So you can imagine um, the crash I had on that morning. But um, I continued, I thought that maybe we can find something and then I worked towards it. So I ended up getting a very good opportunity. What I, what I did around that time was take the whole thing as a positive thing, the whole 2021 um, staying indoors. I just took that time as an opportunity of like having extra time to do all the shit that I wanted to do. So I started taking all these extra courses and things that I was interested in. And then interestingly enough, this whole time was I, I definitely wish that a lot of people took this opportunity from educational perspective because uh, if you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw it too, like very uh, big companies, even like um, Adobe or Coursera or all these uh, big platforms, they were offering huge discounts, if not free options for all the students. And then they were like, please take these courses, stay indoors. And then I just took those opportunities I took a lot of certifications in that time, which really helped me land that opportunity. Also because a lot of people were staying indoors, working from home. I had the opportunity to talk to some of the people that I would not think I would have the opportunity to talk to because they were spending more time on social media. They were checking their LinkedIn messages really frequently and all those fun stuff. So it definitely helped me professionally and educationally but health-wise it has been a challenge emotionally it has been a challenge because my parents aren't here with me so I'm in constant uh, I'm constantly checking news for three different countries like US <laughs> India and Nepal and like what's happening um, and then vaccination aren't available for um, uh, a lot of Nepalese people and then a lot of Indian people so it's definitely a really big tug of war in there but then it Overall, I would definitely say it's I'm thankful for all that I got in 2021 and where I am because it ended up like me writing a book and having a full-time job and graduating, like everything fun and worse happened in the same year. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's, it's always like an up and down, like either an extreme up or something that goes like really down. But I'm glad that you were able to get through that because I know that the initial stages can be really hard when you like when you're hit with all this bad news. It's just like 
you're just like, oh, why, you know? But then I'm glad that you you got through it. I think that's the most important thing is to try to make best out of the situation. It's easier said than done, but definitely doing something about it rather than just like sitting there and complaining does a lot. Like obviously, like everybody needs some time to like sit with it. But then after that, you need to move on and get something done. And I'm glad that you got those certifications and you ended up getting an opportunity. Um, I think everything kind of ha- like aligns at the end. So <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to get through that. You mentioned that you you're from you're living in the U.S. now, but you're from India. And mm-hmm. how is it like? So you you move to America. How is that whole transition like? Because I'm from India as well, and I know that the cultures and the societal expectations can be really different in those countries. Two countries, there's a drastic difference. So how was it like moving to America? So I am actually from Nepal. So I'm like half Nepali, half Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, moving from Nepal to U.S. was a very big challenge in its own because I know for a lot of international students they're like yeah it's very difficult because of the whole change itself but for me it was the change as well as the financial aspect of even considering that option because I personally don't come from a really wealthy family or uh, we are basically middle class um, if I'm being very honest and then I didn't have anybody in my family ever who just came to United States for their studies or who just basically came to United States. And I mean, I can definitely, I know that you can definitely attest to the fact that um, back in Nepal or India or like Pakistan or like all these countries that surround us, we don't have, we don't think of girls as, uh, we don't think that they need like higher education. They don't need to like study too much because at the end of the day, they're just leaving the house, going to a different household and just taking care of the house because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. At the end, they're just like, oh, they're anyway going to be like housewife or they're just going to spend a lot of time in the household. Why do they need so much education? Why do we need to spend so much money on them? Uh, it's changing for sure. It's definitely changing. It's definitely moving fast. It's definitely getting to the point where girls are able to speak for themselves. But I definitely came from a society that, that was very conservative. But uh, my family is, uh, fortunately, everybody is very well educated. So education, like seeking education was not a problem. Convincing them that I need further education, convincing them that I need, um, I need to get a bachelor's, I need to get a master's, or even a fucking PhD if I ever want to, was not a big problem. The problem was leaving the house and not just going to a different country, but... Um, a country that my parents probably can't visit if even if I have um, um, a very intense emergency situation because it's it requires visa it requires all these things so it was oceans away basically how we say it and um, so it was very difficult even thinking of um, even dreaming of going to United States so even when I used to think, oh, yeah, I will, for, for some of my friends, it was kind of a little easy, I can say. Uh, they were just like, oh, yeah, I, I'm applying to the United States. For me, it was, everything was a struggle. Um, I, none of my parents, n- nobody in my family tree had ever gone to the United States. So everything from education, 
talking to banks for loans, getting paperwork for college. I did everything um, on my own, basically. I would go to banks and talk to all these people and then uh, uh, with my grandparents or with my dad. And then I would have to explain what the paperwork is because they had no idea. Um, I, uh, even when I wanted to think that, okay, I probably need an education loan just in case uh, I didn't get internship, just in case my parents couldn't afford it, because we had to show all that in the visa, I need to go myself. I went to the loan people, I told them what I needed, and then they were like, wow, this girl is crazy. Because I'm really little, and then when I, once you see me, you probably think, oh, I'm 13 or 14 years old, and then every single time, every step of the way, the one question that I got is, are you sure? Or um, how are you even going to manage? Or you're a girl going all the way there? Or like even my parents or my grandparents would always get it from neighbors and all those people that we know that, hey, I don't think sending a girl all the way there is a good idea. Uh, And then all those stuff. So I had, it wasn't just the question of coming here and then just getting the culture shock. I had to battle a lot, even in the country. So I was like answering all those tough questions every day. It wasn't hard. I would stay up all night just thinking of um, how I'm going to answer questions the next day, how I'm going to deal with it the next day. And it was tough, but what made it easier was having a little bit of my parents' support. My mom and dad supported me throughout the entire journey. Uh, they've been really supportive and I could not have done it without them. And they definitely handled some of the questions that were coming at me or some of the stigma that was going around and they definitely helped, but that was definitely crazy. After coming here, it, it was, it's kind of weird for me to say probably, but it felt like home. Um, ever, ever since the first day, I went to, I studied in New Jersey, so uh, I went directly to New Jersey. I didn't go to New York. I just landed directly in New Jersey, and um, I, I, I'm not a very lucky person. I say that a lot, and my parents really get mad at me, so I had, uh, my visa got rejected the first time, so, uh, and then more questions started. They're like, oh, this is a sign. You know how everything in our religion or, oh, like, in yeah. our culture is always a sign. It's always a they sign. were like, oh, it's yeah it's always a sign like oh it's uh somebody woke up with a cold oh it's a sign you don't have to go outside like weird but that was a big sign for for my cousins my uncles everybody they were just like oh so now she can just go to india and then you have your basically your family there because my mom is from there they were like they're gonna take care of her uh they're gonna have she's gonna have a family there and I didn't want to do that. I, I, I thought if I gave it another chance, I could do it because I, I didn't understand what happened. I mean, I didn't speak the whole way back home because I was trying to think what I said wrong, which made them not give me a visa because uh, my high school is a very reputed high school back in Nepal. And basically, I, it's not like a bragging, but most of the people who apply for a visa back from our school, because it was like the National School of Nepal, tend to get visas pretty easily because it has that reputation of producing really talented students. And I was like, this is really bad because I'm probably the first person who got rejected. I don't want it. Like, I, It was a whole thing going on in my brain. And then I obviously had all these things like, okay, let's start applying to India, crazy stuff going on. And I didn't tell my parents that um, 
there's a way to actually uh, take the interview again. They didn't know because obviously they don't know about the process. So I came back home and then I told my dad that I want to try again because there's a way to do it. And he was surprisingly enough, he was like, oh, of course you're trying again if you can. So it was uh, when, I, when, when I came here, I, I did not have orientation. I missed it because I had to apply again for the visa. Uh, so I, the very next day, I, my college started basically. So I didn't know uh, a lot of things that people know before they start college because they have this whole 10, seven days to prepare. I didn't have any time to prepare. I, it was just like very next day. So it was very different. I, uh, as soon as I came here, it felt home. It felt like home. I don't know why, but it felt like I belong here. It felt like a weight was taken off me. It felt like I can be myself and not care. Um, and then it definitely, it, it's a challenge not having your parents around all the time, uh, not having to share things with them. I'm really close with my dad. Basically, I share everything with him. Um, and I'm also pretty close with my mom, but uh, with my dad, it's just a different e equation. But uh, just that part always hurt that all the things that I was, all, the, all these experiences that I was getting, all these new things I was learning about myself or about other people or about other cultures, I wasn't able to share it real time with my mm -hmm. parents. I could call them and tell them, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. So um, it was definitely different but it never felt weird. There were, there, there were different things. I mean, you, we watch movies, Hollywood movies. Uh, we watch series and then we were like, oh, this place looks like this or like this is how relationships are or this is how people are in the street and this is how park looks like. It's not the same. It's definitely very different than what I imagined, but it never felt like I was forcing myself or like I was trying to explain myself a lot because the culture is very different here people are very different here um lifestyle is different here so everything just felt really homey for sure that that's great because you know like you mentioned a lot one thing that i really don't like is that people tend to see things as sign like you mentioned when one thing goes wrong it's like you never should do that again because that's a sign from the universe which I mean I I get where they're coming from but also like not everything is a sign and it's very demotivating for someone who wants to do something and what one thing that goes wrong they're like instantly you're not supposed to do that it's crazy because there are a lot of things in life that goes wrong but that doesn't mean that you should that it stop you from doing or pursuing that path and funnily enough like even for me a lot of the situations the way it shaped out was exactly like yours I got rejected for my visas I'm I'm Indian so I travel I went to Singapore I went to Malaysia and a lot of the times it was a struggle being a foreigner and it's really um in a way to say it, like, it's difficult to get even past that point where you're trying to look for new opportunities or trying to experience different things. Everything, there is a something that comes along the way that kind of prevents that, especially like you mentioned, being a woman, it's difficult already. There is always a factor of safety that comes into play. But I think more often, it's also the stigma that women aren't supposed to go out and do things because 
you know, it's it's just like you know, you, you have a home, you have a family. Like, just stay there. Like, you'll be fine. No need to do all these things for yourself. But when it comes to like the men in the family, they're very ready to like give them all these opportunities, which I think is like it shouldn't be that way. And I'm glad that your parents were supportive enough to give you that opportunity and to support you. I think more often than not, the support is is the thing that really pushes us to get to that point. And when you have a lot of like restraints, it's even more difficult. So I'm really glad that your parents were there for you to get through that whole process. And I want to know, like, there's obviously um, a lot of the things that you mentioned in uh, Nepal that are different and this the things that you don't believe in. And I want to know what are the societal stigmas that are still present in Nepal that you think shouldn't be there anymore? Oh my God, how long <laughs> do we have? <laughs> so, Take your time, I know there's going to be a lot. It is, it is definitely a road, Afra. Um, so where do I start? Um, let's start from like being a little girl. Um, mm. it's not even, I mean, when we talk to talk about stigmas, um, I know a lot of times it's just really easy to say, oh yeah, you guys are just saying it because you're a girl and you just think like all these things only happen to a girl. We're not saying that. We're just saying yeah. that whatever is happening should not be happening. I mean, it mm-hmm. can, we're not saying some of the things that are like criminal or illegal or just happening to girls it can happen to guys we're just saying the thing that happened is not good mm-hmm. like it's just that part of explaining it which really takes a lot out of us so then mm-hmm. whenever there are whenever we're talking about stigmas i mean there's stigmas about marriage and like oh the right age to get married the right people to get married to um the way to get married i mean you come here and you see everybody um having relationships, dating, um, understanding people, living together. Uh, imagine saying all that to our parents back home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you can relate to it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I tend to talk to... A really long talk if that happened. I don't want to... <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And then it's just really weird. Um, I remember talking to my mom the other day and we were just talking about um, one of my friends here uh, who is from here. Um, we were just talking about um, my roommates and like how how my coworkers are and uh, all those fun stuff and then uh, somebody was engaged to somebody and then we were just talking about these all these relationships and everything and it was bizarre for her to even uh, understand how somebody can be living together for like eight years and not be engaged or not be married and she's like well well if they're living together, like what if they get pregnant or like something? And I'm like, mom, it's, first of all, it's not that hard to prevent pregnancies. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, we need education mm-hmm. on um, sexual health, sex, sexual education. It's just like always a shame to talk about it. I mean, even if you remember in school, uh, they just tell you like all this picture, like a physical education class, like they show you what a reproductive system looks like for female, for male, they don't talk about the whole thing, like the actual sexual education. So mm-hmm. it's really hard for our parents to understand that. But if we don't start, uh, if we don't start talking about it, nobody's ever going to talk about it. My kids are going to be uh, ashamed to talk with me. And then mm-hmm. their kids are going to be ashamed to talk with me. So somebody has to open that path. And then I started talking to her 
and explaining it to her like mom it's not that hard first of mm-hmm. all to like prevent pregnancies and then even if it does happen they love each other they mm-hmm. they want to be together like marriage can come later it cannot come whatever you want to do marriage is a thing that happens it doesn't have to be a thing that just has to happen mm-hmm. it's it's an yes. option in your life you want it you get it if you don't want it you don't get it that's first of all like a very big stigma and also like obviously as as we talked um the age mm-hmm. guys can get married at 40 and there are questions in our <laughs> yeah. society yes. and then and then girls get married um if it's 25 or 26 they just start talking about oh so when's she's getting married or they assume that there's something wrong with you that no one wants to marry you i'm just like yeah. that's bizarre like what if she doesn't want to get married like <laughs> bro it's just that's insane. so crazy So marriage is obviously one thing um that has been crazy that is still crazy and I will not take anybody's opinion for it because I know it is happening it happens in my own family I've heard it enough times um as soon as I graduated um and then I didn't even post any pictures of my graduation because I tend to not post a lot of pictures because then my parents start getting calls for no apparent reason and then um the a cup a week later i had like a uh, calls from my my parents started getting calls from uh, other people from my family like relatives and and then they were like oh so she is she's done with her studies and then when is she coming back um there's this guy and i was like first of all there's always a guy where are they finding these guys i have like no ready. idea <laughs> it's so intense and i hate that but then it happened to me personally and then obviously we are probably we can't say the youngest but we are pretty young for our generation and then if it's happening to us imagine like how crazy it was before so it's definitely a stigma still um the another thing that i have seen a lot is different standards when it comes to clothing and apparel and like what somebody can wear and what they can't wear I remember when I was in school or in high school and then it was this one time where my mom got me shorts and I oh, did not gosh, think that's something I'm supposed to be wearing and I was like mom what the fuck is this and then that's weird because I didn't now that I was thinking about all these things in a deeper manner when I was writing my book or when I was trying to um generalize things myself in my personal life and put it on paper I didn't even think how badly it affected me cuz I was the younger person so I shouldn't have had that surprising reaction to she like my mom getting me a short mm. uh and then even I was like mom I can't wear this so like imagine what kind yeah. of um impression all of us have subconsciously in our head about mm-hmm. all these uh, unnecessary traditions and It's all so these unnecessary Yeah and then um I mean some of our traditions again going back to traditions and beliefs like okay you can't enter the temple mm-hmm. when you are on your period you can't enter you can't cook when you're doing this or you have to live in a different room when you're on a period all these like very interesting and very different stuff and it's a very bigger thing in certain regions of Nepal and then now I'm really happy that a lot of professors and very um renowned and genuine organizations and companies um uh, media has been taking interest in this and bringing it out and telling people that it's useless it doesn't need to be i mean people evolve traditions need to change accordingly that's all i say 
And I feel the same way about religion. I, first of all, I'm not disrespecting anybody or the way you follow your religion. You do you, whatever you believe in, whatever gives you hope and belief and faith is good for you. But in my personal opinion, if there's a part of your religion that's making you feel bad, uh, feel bad about how you're living your life, your lifestyle, who you can marry, who you can't marry, who can you have feelings for, who you can't ma- have feelings for, um, who can, what type of things you should be eating, what type of things you shouldn't be eating, all those things, I think it's time to evolve and change and understand who we are and live as a human before we start living for things and spirits and people and faith that we don't even know exist. Mm-hmm. I agree with you because the thing is, like you mentioned, even I grew up. I grew up in the Middle East, which is like even more conservative, and my parents are Indian, which is like sick a double homicide. So it's just, <laughs> it's it's really what what really blows my mind is that there's so many aspects that they try to hide from women but they also tell them to be cautious like they don't educate them about the potential risks and potential harm that could happen to them i think one of the main things that they need to teach i mean i think they should teach both boys and girls about consent which is an important thing but they instead they're like you know what i'm not going to educate them but i'm going to shame them so they never ever even think about it and it's just like yeah like why it's not but they end up like they expect you to get married and you know do it the right way, which is also like okay. Um, it's just even in class, like in biology, they will like cover up like the reproductive systems, like as if it's something so bad, even though it's something so natural and shouldn't be like hidden or anything. But the thing is that even like the Indian teachers, like if we had any Indian teachers, they would feel very shy to talk about their like the reproductive system or anything that even goes in that area, even though it's something natural and kids should learn about these things. And the, one of the things that I do appreciate about America is that they are willing to, whether they do it right or wrong, I, I'm not sure because I'm not, I wasn't part of it, but they do educate the kids about sex education, which I think is something that's really important. Because I know that a lot of girls, unfortunately, they get assaulted and they don't even know what happened and they have to bat if like if they were at fault which is insane to even think about but a lot of the girls don't even know what's happening to them or what's happening at home and I think that's one of the main reasons that they should educate especially everywhere around the world I feel like it should be a mandate to teach young kids about consent and I think that's the most important thing and I agree with you I don't know why they even think like they shame women for having periods like as if it's their fault or as if they were cursed and they're like lies <laughs> exactly and it's, it's just the whole thing when it comes to anything I believe when it comes to anything related to human body it just mm-hmm. always tend to come on girls or women um it starts with having period um oh it's um okay you shouldn't be doing this you should be doing this um and then suddenly you start feeling bad about even having period um and then um even when it comes to comes to pregnancy i mean it's um i came to realize it and i feel really bad even admitting it on here, but I came to realize 
um, the statistics behind miscarriage after I came to United States. Cause, um, and then I was surprised the amount of times people, uh, women tend to have miscarriages and it's apparently very normal for a couple of people um, to have miscarriages and it's, it's, it's nobody's fault, it just happens. And um, it's, it's just uh, how things work, I guess, scientifically. But um, back at home, I, I remember people or even the society or community, um, any word that you want to use for it, um, shaming mothers or women or ladies in the family for having miscarriage. I mean, how freaking dumb is that? So it's not a, it's not her fault it just happened and then the girl tends to live with that fear of next conception or that guilt of losing something that was so important in a family i don't know why the child is just i mean the king of the family yeah. and then uh, all those things and then i realize it after coming here so i can only imagine the percentage of people who know it back there and once I, once I realized it, I was just talking to my mom and I was like, I didn't know that this happened quite frequently. Uh, and then she, and that's when I came to found, find out about a couple of cases that happened in our family. Nobody ever talked about it to me. And I even had no idea that it ever happened because it was just kept as a secret or something from a lot of people because people just don't want to share news like that when that is the one thing where you should be sharing it with other people so that you can get that support, you, you can get that help. It's not easy for moms to go through that whole phase of losing their kid. And some of them, they go in depression. It's a real thing. You need help. And then you, once you don't get it, your entire life is just a nutshell around your kids because you just treat them as a possession that Mm-hmm. Nobody can touch them. Nobody, nothing can happen to it. And you forget to live your own life. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen to a couple of people in my society as well. And they were, they're just, they used to be a very different person before they had mm-hmm. a kid. They, their ambitions and everything, they, it changes. And then um, it's, it's just very different. Uh, it's very different when it comes to even pregnancy. And, uh, and don't even get me started on um, women or girls who can't get pregnant. Mm. They have certain type of medical conditions. They just can't get pregnant. It's a very normal thing. It happens to a lot of people. The statistics is out there. And they still blame it on the girl. And then sometimes it goes as bad as even boycotting the girls in the society. Uh, The girls not having uh, any marriage proposals because it has to be a arranged marriage in our society. And um, it's not her fault. Come on. It's not her fault. And then you have, we have to start understanding medical terms, understanding medical situations, treating it as a thing that happens, and then just st- stepping forward. There's a lot of technology out there, honestly. Um, if, if you, there's um, surrogacy that you can do, that you can adopt, uh, or there, there's even um, new technology where you can just use somebody else's sperm um, and then mm-hmm. fertilize it in a clinic all these things and then people don't do it. They just think it's a sin or like it doesn't need to happen or like how can you have somebody else's baby? It's still going to be yours. I mean... I think more importantly, it's like having a kid is easy. I I find that the easy part. 
yeah, delivering it is, is a whole thing. Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the process of having a kid is much more easier than raising the kid. And yeah, you can raise a kid if you're, you know, you neglect it, you barely give it any attention or give it the care that it needs. Yeah, then you might find it's easy to raise a kid. But if you actually want to give your kid the best of everything and you want to make sure that they're doing okay emotionally, it's a lot of work. And I feel like it doesn't matter if it's your kid, if it's like biologically your kid, the most important part is that you do a good job raising it. <laughs> and that's why I feel like this, um, like you mentioned, the whole community, especially like growing around Indians, I think I've realized that one of the things is that they shame adopting so much, like as if it's a bad thing. And it's worse when they decide to adopt a girl as a first child. They're like, why would you want, like if you have the choice, why would you want to choose a girl? And I'm just like... <laughs> what it's just it's it just it really like I even heard that recently in my family like why would they want to choose a girl to adopt like she doesn't have kids she can she's going to adopt a child like that takes a lot and she's choosing a girl I was like bro what's wrong with choosing a girl <laughs> like as if it's like the defect of things and I think it, there's also this like whole stigma like they want to have sons because they're going to take care of the family and girls are just going to leave them where in fact it's always the opposite I completely agree with you I think you don't have to have bio biological kids if you want to have kids. And there are so many medical terms and situations out there. And there was also this whole thing where if women had girls instead of guy, a boy, they would say that it was the women's fault, which is basic biology, if anybody knows. like The woman yep. has nothing to do with it. But <laughs> it's just... It's crazy that the society is so ready to point at women. Like, I'm not here, like, saying that, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's always the man. I hate men or anything like that. It's just, it's a fact that there's a lot of things in our community and the society. And it's not just in India or Nepal. It happens all around the world. I think everyone is so ready to blame the victim, whether it's a woman or a guy or whoever it is. They're so ready to blame the victim. They're so ready to point fingers at a person that they think has done wrong. If it's if a woman was sexually assaulted, it's always what were you wearing? Were you asking for it? Were you drunk? There's always they're ready to point fingers.